Good morning. You probably noticed from the readings and from the bulletin that this week we are recognizing and celebrating Ascension Sunday, uh, uh, the day of Ascension. And um, this is kind of unusual at St. John's. Um, we don't typically do this. Um, we, we would normally be probably using the readings from the sixth Sunday of Easter today. Um, the reason being that the Ascension, if we remember what we heard from the book of Acts, uh, Jesus ascended into the heavens 40 days after he had returned uh, to his friends and his disciples. 40 days from Easter falls on a Thursday, last Thursday. But for a change this week, I was excited to, why don't we go back to the Ascension? Because it's, first of all, it's a cool story. And secondly, it's one that we don't hear um, all that often in this church setting. So I had written, or started to write, um, what I hoped was a good sermon about the ascension. And then what happened? Uvalde, Texas happened. And I could not... bear to preach the sermon that I had started to write. I come to you today with a broken heart. And I'm guessing that there are plenty of broken hearts in this church today. Plenty of us wondering, what the heck is going wrong? in this world and in this country and where is Jesus? I think we all come here to hear good news, right? I mean, I know I do. That's why I wear this collar because I came to St. John's 20-some years ago and I heard good news. I heard the, the message of God's love for us embodied in a man, Jesus Christ. And I saw that love playing out in the world through you all. I haven't lost that faith. I haven't lost that assurance yeah, somehow, and I don't know exactly how, but somehow the Spirit is still among us, even in the face of horrible tragedy, tragedy that we can make no sense of. We'll be praying prayers today for the victims of the shooting. There are 21 candles on the altar there to remember the 19 students and two teachers who died in a deranged young man's rampage. We'll be uniting ourselves to the sorrow, the unimaginable sorrow that is happening in Uvalde right now. You know, when I 
had planned a sermon and then all of a sudden had to change directions. We never know what's coming at us. My change of plans was minor and easy, and I can only imagine what the parents in Uvalde are going through. Their hopes and dreams and plans were shot to pieces the other day. So I hope that my broken heart can speak to you guys' broken hearts today, if that's where you find yourself in a place of heavy-heartedness. I will talk about the ascension. Today we have two stories, both written by Luke. We have the story that we hear in the Gospel of Luke, and then we have a second story that we hear from the book of Acts, which Luke also wrote. The first story, the one in the gospel, although it's the second one we heard, but the one in the gospel reading is very interesting because it is the end of the story of what happened on Easter, according to Luke, on the road to Emmaus where two of Jesus' followers are walking along the road and they are confused and they are mourning and they don't know what to do next because their leader, their friend, had just been murdered. And then the women went to the tomb on Easter morning and the tomb was empty. And there were two angels there, we assume they were angels, who told them, you're looking in the wrong place. Jesus is not here. Go to Jerusalem, you'll see him there. Well, these two men, for some reason, are going to Emmaus rather than to Jerusalem. But they're walking down the road, and suddenly they're joined by a man whom they don't recognize. They don't know who this guy is. And, and they, he says to them, what, what is wrong with you guys? What's going on? And they say, you haven't heard? Are you the only person in the countryside that hasn't heard that our leader was killed and we're told that he has risen, but he's not even in his grave? He is gone. And Jesus says to them, well, you, apparently you weren't listening to your leader because all of this was foretold for you. And then he breaks bread with them. They say, come on, stay with us. Have some, have some dinner with us. He eats a piece of fish and explains the, the scriptures to them and suddenly their eyes are open and they realize who is in their midst. Then they go and see their other friends in Jerusalem. Jesus breaks bread with them, opens the scriptures to them some more. They see who he is. Jesus leads them out towards Bethany, blesses them. And this story tells us then 
withdraws from them and ascends into heaven. That's the end of Luke's gospel story. Full stop. Then Luke went on to write the Acts of the Apostles. And in the opening of the Acts of, of the Apostles, we get another version of the ascension. And in this version, Jesus stuck around for 40 days and proved to everyone who he was and then goes out with the apostles and then we have this beautiful description of Jesus, of them standing there watching and Jesus ascending into heaven on a cloud. And then, and then, they're standing there wondering where did he go this time? And then those two guys dressed in white robes show up on the scene again. Angels, we can assume. And what do they say? Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up towards heaven? And you know what I hear there? Why are you standing there looking up? What are you waiting for? Look around you. This is where the work that you have been given is to be done. Not by staring up into heaven, but by looking around you. Would you all look around you? Come on, look around you. What do you see? You see people, right? You see your brothers and sisters. You see where this work starts, continues, and ends is among us. And not just among the people in this church. When you go out there, look around you. When you turn on the news, look around you. The disciples were left by Jesus yet again, the third time, right? At the crucifixion and disappearing from them on the road to Emmaus and then the final disappearance ascending into heaven which this story reinforces the idea that heaven is somewhere up there right that Jesus ascended in a cloud and that heaven is up there but what I hear those angels saying is look around you this is where the kingdom of God can be made and this is the work for you to do the disciples asked Jesus at one point oh okay now you're back now is this when you're going to create the kingdom of heaven on earth and Jesus says ah, no mm -mm. that's not for you to know when and in that I hear it's up to you 
to make this thing work, to make the kingdom of heaven a reality on earth. So the disciples are left going, now what? Gone again, now what? Jesus had told them that the Spirit would come upon them. And the Acts of the Apostles, the second volume of Luke's books, tells us about how, what the Apostles decided that now what was to be. Now the common way we talk about that is they decided to build a church. But they didn't start building buildings. And they didn't start create, well, they probably did start creating liturgies, but they, they didn't build a church like the one we're sitting in right now. They didn't build a church full of dogma. They started building community. And when we hear, when we read the Acts of the Apostles, we hear about that community being spread all over the Mediterranean. When we read Paul's letters, which are the earliest documents that we have from the early church, you know what we hear in both of those accounts? Is that there was always friction. That there was always disagreement and that there was always strong opinions strong stances, it seems to come with building community. I mean, I think we would, we would like to believe that building community is easy and should be stressless, and I think what we see in the, in the scriptures is it's never that way. No two people agree, let alone 20 people or 100 people or 300 million people. It's... it's inconceivable that that's even possible. So with our community building, and anybody that's been around St. John's for any length of time knows that even in the most beautiful community that I know of, there can be conflict, there can be friction. So I don't think that we can hope that I think that, first of all, I want to say I love this country. I love America. And I think that there is something very broken at the heart of America. Or we wouldn't be in the situation that we're in today. I don't know what the answer is. I do know this that there are going to be plenty of people on the one hand saying that how we can avoid me having to preach this same darn sermon yet again. The way to do that, now hear what I'm saying, that the way to do that is through strict gun control. There are going to be plenty of people, on the other hand, saying, no, this isn't a gun issue. 
this is a mental health issue. Those two camps cannot even have a conversation. This is what is broken in our country today. That we are siloed. We are afraid to listen to what the other has to say. Then there's a group of people, and this is the most troubling to me, that there is a group of people that say, look, evil exists in the world. And therefore, there is nothing that we can do to make the world a better place. And I don't believe that for a moment. This is Memorial Day weekend. We're also going to remember the veterans that lost their lives, the men and women who have lost their lives, protecting this country and, and other countries from evil. If we didn't believe as a people that there were things worth fighting for, that there were lives worth fighting for, if we didn't believe that, we wouldn't have fought all these wars. If we didn't believe that, we wouldn't be remembering our fallen veterans today. What I'd like us to also remember is we didn't only win those wars, for the most part, we also helped to rebuild the countries that we had just defeated. That's in the American grain, too. You know, the, the, arc, of our, the arc of our story goes from the crucifixion to the resurrection to the ascension and then to Pentecost. And that Pentecost story, which we'll be hearing in a couple weeks, is a beautiful story. Because in that story, when the Holy Spirit comes, just as Jesus promised would happen, suddenly everybody was talking to everybody else. And not only that, everybody was hearing everybody else. Everybody was able to understand what the other tribes were saying. That's a beautiful story. My fear is that what more adequately describes the situation that we're in right now comes from the book of Genesis, and it comes from way early in the book of Genesis. And if you remember when all the people got together and decided to build a tower. And they built this magnificent, beautiful tower. Because everyone could understand one another. So they, they, they had no problem building this magnificent tower. But they got ahead of themselves. They got proud. They got boastful. And God put an end to that by bringing the tower down, and then what did he do? God made every tribe unable to understand what the other tribe was saying. 
it's how all the it's the story of how all these different languages came to be but i just fear that that's what describes us in america these days is we have built this magnificent structure that has gotten us nowhere What's well, gotten us somewhere? It's gotten us lots of things. It's gotten us material wealth. It's gotten us ease. It's gotten us knowledge. But we have gotten ahead of ourselves, and now every tribe cannot understand what the other tribe is saying. I hope that we can get to that Pentecost moment again. I hope that the Holy Spirit can come among us again and that we can be open to the arrival of the Holy Spirit so that we can start understanding one another and making positive changes in this world. And that maybe if we can do that, then I'm not going to have to preach this same sermon again. And you're not going to have to come here with at least this broken heart again. That's my hope. And that's my prayer.